If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to So I Got to Thinking, the weekly Sex and the City podcast where we take the timeless questions of Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City and apply them to modern life and love as ever, you are listening to Hollywood Kiss, Juno Dawson, and Junkie slash Hustler slash Model. It's Dylan B. Jones. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Juno. I actually have to go soon because I'm shooting Gus Van Sant's new movie. <laughs> That's right. Needles, CA, is what it eventually... Like, it's like, you, you can only see it when they go to the premiere and you see the billboard. But yes, he's in a film called Needles, California, which is <laughs> so crap. But also quite... Of its time. Yeah, like, that's actually quite a good reading of it. Who else would be in it? Like Juliette Lewis, maybe. Um, Juliette Lewis, Heath Ledger, a pre-death yes. Heath Ledger plays the lead. Maybe yeah. like a River Phoenix as well. Mm. I think he was dead by this point. Yeah, he quite, was. Quite, quite dead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Needles, Needles CA is the <laughs> film that he gets cast in. Um, hello, welcome. We've, we've gone off on one already. <laughs> welcome to our podcast as we enjoy season six episode six yeah that's correct season six episode six hop skip and a week yeah um one of my favorite episodes of all time ever not because it's a great episode but because it has a couple of scenes that i really like but dylan please open your potted synopsis oh overall not like an amazing episode but like you said like some very distinct moments Mm -hmm. um really interesting storyline for miranda though um, mm. that we can get into. She's juggling, looking after Brady with having a full-time job. And we get some detail on like how she's treated both at the workplace and her experiences at home. Mm-hmm. Um, something still very relevant today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samantha uh, continues to promote Smith Jared by putting him on a billboard with an absolute, absolute vodka. Hunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I ever, it was branding that certainly worked because it was the first time I had ever heard of absolute vodka. 
um, when I first watched that episode when I was a teenager. Um, and I always remembered it as a result. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrie and Burger. Oh, oh, Burger God. just reaches God. his like absolute zenith in this one. And Ugh. it finishes with the post it. The moment. Yeah. The moment, uh, which I didn't realize was this early on, to be honest. Um, mm. oh, well, it, uh, let's not complain. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't go on much longer. Just, But you're right, the fact that he's only been in it for eight episodes, yes. if you include his two season five episodes as well. God, it feels like he's been around forever. And it made me think, season six is the longest season, isn't it, I think? Yes, and it's almost like two seasons in one because in my head, mm-hmm. like Burger was season five, and then Petrovsky was season six. But we get really both of them are season six. Hundred um, percent, yeah, yeah. Um, so that yeah, that all comes to a head. And um, Charlotte, oh Charlotte, oh, um, Charlotte, Charlotte is uh, navigating the, I guess, Jewish dating scene. Is that the right way Correct. of putting it? Yeah, the the, the synagogue mixer. Yeah, uh, um, and then. Harry comes in, comes back into the picture, oh, which yeah. is lovely. Which we'll, which we will talk about. Yeah. And um, the question that we have to try and answer this week, which I have not written down because I'm a dreadful person. Uh, I wrote it down. Do we need distance to get close? There we go. Do we need distance to get close? <laughs> which is one of those. I mean, we've sort of already done this, haven't we? Like, uh, I remember us talking about this before because it was related to one of the questions. But I can't remember. I think it was around the Aiden years. Yeah. So, I, but I, I mean, we can find a new angle on it. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those, like, last week we enjoyed the question because it felt very specific. This one is incredibly vague. Yeah. It's so very hard for us to answer meaningfully. But let's, really, this this week we are, we're picking straight up where we left off. We left Carrie and Berger with Berger leaving Carrie high and dry at the red carpet event for Smith's play. And we rejoin them. They're still having issues. Um, The scene that I really, really like in this episode is the scene where Miranda and Carrie are together. Mm. And Carrie tries to sell the appeal of Burger to Miranda. Yeah. But Miranda's like, you need a bit. Yeah, when she's Um, describing the Hollywood, they do this Hollywood, very cringe Hollywood kiss routine. Uh, if somebody make... tried that with me, I would simply die. <laughs> like, if 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 a man tried to bend me over, right? <laughs> if a man tried to bend me over in a public place and give me a weird swooning Hollywood kiss, I I think there there isn't an epipen strong enough on this planet. <laughs> I would just die from cringe. Yeah, I mean, I've been bent over in a in a public place before, but certainly not for a Hollywood kiss. <laughs> for a Hollywood bum. For a Hollywood. Is that a um, thing? Uh, well, if, if it's not a thing, can it be a thing? Uh, a Hollywood bum. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, and then I did like, I, I really liked that conversation with Miranda as well when Carrie mm. just sort of relents in the end and she's like, oh God, you're right, it's not working, is it? <laughs> Why is it so hard to admit that? And it yeah. is. And do you know what? I've had to do that, that conversation with a friend where you're just like, it's just not working. Mm. And it's, do you know what it is? As a society, we are sold on this dream of monogamy, you know, that, you know, your life will be better if you are in a very conventional relationship with someone. And we, we've said all along that Burger, the idea of Burger is a great idea. Yeah. He's good looking. He's financially solvent. He has a Pulitzer. Um, you know, he, on paper, he's great, but the problem is, He's an asshole, and it's just <laughs> he's an not asshole, working. Because he's an asshole. 
because he's an <laughs> asshole. Um, that's a soundbite we can put in. We're exploring. Yeah, that's a, we were exploring the notion of sound effects. Six, so maybe six yeah, there, seasons, there's one. Six seasons in. <laughs> a new genre for us. Well, we have to think of ways to keep podcasting fun for us as well, Dylan. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, so so what what other ones could we have? So I think we should probably get if if somebody out there is a xylophone player, if you could do the trans corner jingle, which is bing bong bing yeah that would be really helpful to us because dylan nor i have a xylophone in my head one of those little in my head it's similar it's a similar noise to the nbc jingle which is sort Mm -hmm. of like dum 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 or is it peacock it's one of them one of the american networks i always think of the little receptionist from greece you know the movie who does the little (laughs) thing each day before the rydell high school announcements um we need Che Diaz's Wokala, I think, from the podcast. Yeah. If we could, if we, Martin, thank you, producer Martin. Um, so insert Che Diaz here. Woke moment. Speaking of he's an asshole, let's break down that excruciating first scene with Burger, Carrie, and Charlotte, oh. which I thought was really funny. It was because I thought it was I've great. had to do that. Yeah. Have you had have you ever had to ring a friend on a bad day with the something bad happened? So I have slightly mixed feelings about this, and maybe I'm showing some burgerish qualities slightly. Mm-hmm. But I like fair enough if it's like a really awful day and the guy mm. is just like a toxic, horrible person. Or if anyone, like, you know, if your date mm-hmm. is a toxic, horrible person, then great, like make an excuse, fake a phone call. Um, pretend you've got a text or something. But with Charlotte, like, they had only just got to the... They hadn't even had their bread. And he seemed like... He didn't seem awful. I mean, I guess I didn't meet him. We only got that brief glimpse of him. But he just seemed a bit awkward. And I thought she was being mm. slightly... Like, it doesn't take... It's only two hours of your life, isn't it? Like, a day. And yeah. you might learn something, maybe. Like, even if mm-hmm. it's bad. But if, obviously, if you feel uh, sort of mentally or physically... Like you can't deal with being there, then fine. I don't know. That's my two. That's my two cents. <laughs> it's funny. I think because Charlotte did describe him as awful, and I didn't see anything awful about him. You know, mm. I think you'd, you'd reserve awful for someone who was like either outrageously misogynist or racist, yeah. or you know, in some or way like terrible ag- or like aggressive. Yeah, we didn't really see that. We saw that clearly it was very awkward, but. The reason I once I I literally stole this the playbook in that I waited for a guy to go to the toilet and uh, got a friend to ring me. I said twenty minutes and then I need you to ring me. Um, I do love the way that, that deli- was... I love their delivery as well. When like Carrie's like, "Hi Charlotte, it's me. Something awful awful happened." And Charlotte's like, "Something bad happened." <laughs> um, so um, in my instance, it was on a day a long, 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 long time ago with a guy. We went out for a cocktail and. Do you know when somebody is like really bad vibes? Mm, you just like know immediately, but such like awful energy. <laughs> and it was going really, really badly. Like the conversation was awful. I was putting in a lot of legwork. Yeah. I was mm. being like cute little Carrie Bradshaw-esque. And his face was just completely non-responsive. He was German. Maybe it's a German. Could be, yeah. Um, Maybe it was a language barrier thing, but it was an absolute disaster. And then when my friend called with the something bad happened and I said, look, I'm going to have to go. He was like, well, I'll come with you. Uh, like, oh, no. No. And like, I was like, you can't possibly think this is going well. Like, he should have been delighted to get the fuck out of there as well. So that was a very strange one. But I have used this. And 
what I'm surprised about is how Berger is so irate about Charlotte. Yeah. Not wanting, like, what the fuck has it got to do with Berger? Yeah. Berger goes, like, full MGTOW. He goes full incel. <laughs> like, he actually says, like, so basically men are fucked. We're all fucked, like, yeah. Yeah, that wow, is... Wow, that is quite Berger. That is quite men's rights, isn't it, of him? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was trying to think... I have been on a couple of dates like the one you just described. And I I don't think I've ever done the using the phone call thing, but I have just like made an excuse. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like when someone's so... it's And it's when, when they've been, or I've thought they've given the impression that they've been really miserable on the date. But then it turns out like I got a message from one of them afterwards being like, I would love to see you again. And it's like, you were miserable. Like what? I'm obsessed with why, why, <laughs> what? What is that about? I've had that where you're like, that was such a bad date. Thank God it was over. And they're like, let's do it again. Like, what? <laughs> and also I had an awful moment. It reminded me when you said, um, he was like, oh, I'll come with you. I had an awful moment with one of them where I did the maiden excuse and said I had to leave. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, which tube line are you getting home? And I was like, oh my God. So I had to like remember where he lived and just say that I was getting the different one. And I had to like go two stops in the wrong direction. Oh, Oh. <laughs> but yeah oh god do you um, know sometimes because i've not been on a date for a while i forget the potential horrors oh god. of dating yeah um that poor charlotte goes through <laughs> in this episode um but yeah then then we have obviously the pink carnation charlotte is really upset because he brought her pink carnations yeah is she being a spoiled little brat in that moment yeah. yes charlotte <laughs> is being a spoiled little brat um, being brought flowers on a date That's always very romantic Yeah um, Whether it's a carnation or not Yeah That's Yeah And then Is it Madonna who hated No Hydrangeas Madonna Hydrangeas hates. I loathe Hydrangeas yeah. I loathe Hydrangeas <laughs> um, um, Yeah Carrie however Doesn't mind carnations Because they're making a comeback She'll regret that later on um, But she doesn't like Docksiders or topsiders Which I think are those Horrible shoes. like Boating shoes Yeah to be but, like, fair like the sort of The string going around them To be fair know? Those are Really bad You remember when they made a comeback a few years back? Yeah, I think the only time, I think they're really bad, and obviously this is a huge superficial generalisation, often bad on men and male presenting people, I think they could work on like a really cool hot lesbian, she would look great. Oh yeah, truly always, yeah, Yeah. really sort of subverting men's fashion is always a look, (laughs) but if you were thinking, if so this is obviously like, this is our listeners are mostly women. If your partner would wear those with no socks, with like red rolled up skinny trousers. Oh no 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 no! This is your sign from the universe <laughs> to leave. <laughs> and you can just what the, the no socks is the worst because like you can just imagine the smell because those shoes are made of like sort of <laughs> weird material, aren't they? Um, but I did, I loved the scene. I loved the awful chemistry, the opposite of chemistry. They did it so well between um, Sarah Jessica Parker and Ron, Ron Livingston, is it? Uh-huh. Um, they were both so great because it was so cringe mm. when um, when Carrie's like, it comes with everything when they're talking about parsley. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, oh, <laughs> the parsley. Oh, <laughs> I mean, and again, Carrie's being ridiculous in that episode as well, <laughs> you know, the, but I think what we've done is we've reached the point where anything Carrie does is pissing off Burger, yeah, and kind of vice versa as well. Yeah, um, she she'd already put her foot in it. 
Although she didn't when she said, are you not writing today? And he completely overreacted. Oh, yeah, that was... So there is some just awful chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. And so, so yeah, having having had this restaurant-based squabble, um, Berger says they need to go on a break. Mm. And I think this happened sort of like not a million years after Ross and Rachel's break. Um, this was when the, the notion of the break was having a cultural moment, this idea that you don't dump someone, but you take some time to think about whether or not you want to dump someone. Yeah. Um, and I do... Is it like a return policy? Is it like you have 14 days to decide whether or not... <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. I've certainly in real life, I've never really had a break. I don't know if it's a thing. Um, one once maybe notably, I can think of. I said I needed some time, but a bit like with all of those examples, I just needed to summon the bravery to actually pull the plug. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's. Again, I don't want to generalize too much. I'm sure it has worked for people um, before. But I would imagine like most of the time, if you need to be having a break, then it's probably not working generally mm-hmm. um, and probably ultimately won't work. Um, but maybe that's not fair. I don't know. I mean, psychologically, it could be a good thing just stepping back um, if it's getting really intense. But I think you mm-hmm. both have to be on the exact same page, which happens rarely, I think. Yeah. Oh, so Carrie's also on jury duty. Um, have you ever done jury duty, Dylan? I haven't. Uh, no, me either. No. I, I live in fear of it. Yeah. It looks like zero fun. It's bizarre to me that it kind of exists. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, I mean, when I think too hard about our judicial system and all of its flaws, I just think it's ridiculous. Because like, I was thinking about it the other day, like, juries, like, it's a flawed thing because you're just asking these random people to decide this person's fate. I don't know. But then how old works? Yeah, oh, it is. And and remember that you only get put in front of a jury. It's usually a foregone conclusion anyway, because they only prosecute the really sort of ironclad cases. Yeah, yeah. So there are so many fundamental flaws with our justice system. But if we've learned anything from Eurovision or Brexit, X Factor winners, (laughs) is that the British people cannot be fucking trusted to make choices. No, no. the, the notion that Brit- the British people might make a choice about my freedom in the future <laughs> is really scary. Like, it makes me want to not do crime. The notion that some sort of Daily Mail person might be sort of like, oh, trans people, it's, straight um, to a men's prison for her. Oh, God. <gasps> oh, God. Yeah. So Carrie sums up during her scene with Miranda that things are not working with Berger. Yeah. But then she sees a man take a coconut out of a briefcase yeah and decides there is only one person in the world that she wants to tell about it so she gives she gives burger another chance there is also a scene with big yes um, um obviously we have to keep reminding viewers that big is still alive albeit in california and he sort of him sort of teasing Berger, calls him hot dog, um, <laughs> makes her want to try again with Berger. Mm. So she summons him round, but it's a mistake. And that's such a brutal scene. Mm. So obviously they have, Berger comes back from wherever he's been for his break. He reunites and they have a lovely kiss and a cuddle. He says, I love you, Carrie. And they embrace and she says, you'll never guess what he had in his briefcase. A coconut. Mm. And then the very next thing you know cold open on carry alone in bed with only a post-it note for company i'm sorry i can't don't hate don't me don't hate me do you think it was the horrible nighty 
I mean, it was horrible. Do you, th- do you think he saw her sexy white nighty and was like, fuck <laughs> me, I can't see a future with this Victorian ghost child. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she looked like she should be in The Others, that Nicole Kidman film. <laughs> with, yeah. like, a candlestick. Um... <laughs> Again, the styling in this episode, I guess it was a weird time, the early noughties for fashion, wasn't it? But like, I wasn't a fan of any of the styling really in this episode. Oh my God, I have a whole segment about smelters, (laughs) costumes in this episode. We're going to get to it, don't worry. But yeah, like, also I forgot that he stuck the post-it to her laptop, like her Mm -hmm. place, her safe thing that she works at and writes about relationships at. He like even tainted that by sticking the post-it to it. Um... Yeah, I mean, what is there to say? It's an iconic moment in Sex and the City. Everyone remembers the post-it. Mm-hmm. Um, awful behaviour. Yeah. <laughs> I, rem- I remember it happening. And obviously this was in the era before spoilers. The internet obviously came- brought with it. And I mean, Christ. So this was at a time where probably there was a huge transmission gap as well. So these- this episode probably went out days earlier in America before it was shown on Channel 4. That's right. Sex and the City was on Channel 4 back in the day, kids. And... um. Oh God, I'm so old. I'm so <laughs> old. Um, and I remember seeing them, they were showing them in double bills. And I remember when this episode came on and I was like, oh, okay, she's going to give him another go. Oh, okay. Mm. And then literally within seconds, he'd fucked her over again. I was like, oh. Yeah, it was good. I, it was slightly rushed, I thought, the ending. And just odd her knocking the flowers off. That didn't quite work for me I think it was supposed to be like a really emotive scene but it was just a bit like I was sort of chuckled when she knocked the flowers over yeah (laughs) in TV land they refer to things as being earned oh yeah yeah and I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure Carrie punching a vase of flowers was (laughs) entirely earned yeah but I do like the weird very abrupt cut from their reunion to him immediately leaving yeah I think that's really like who does that? Yeah. Just Sex in the City. Like, yeah. the very next scene, he has fucked her over. I remember I said uh, a couple of seasons ago, maybe in season four, we were talking about the various, like, storylines. And I mm-hmm. said, like, something that is very unique about and um, about Sex in the City is it's um, very unpredictable, which is, mm-hmm. which is great and rare. And fast. So, I mean, yeah. if you think so, we're on episode six. So in the space of six episodes, Carrie and Berger had their first date. Yeah. If we go back to episode one with the Craig, Craig's room, yeah. where they go on their first date with the simulate. And then six weeks later, they've said they're in love, Christ, had sex for the first time and had two, two huge Barneys. Yeah. But I wonder if that this has been necessitated by the fact the show was winding down as well. So in order to have the big Alessandra Petrovsky storyline, they kind of had to get Burger out of the way fairly swiftly. Yeah, they had to get a move on. Bye bye, Burger. Yeah. And that's, um, that's it. We never see him again, right? Good. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Although I would love, I would love, I would love, love, love. And just like that, makes of and just like that, if you're listening, could we get some sort of a postscript on Jack Burger? I would love to know, like, I bet he's writing an awful TV show. <laughs> I bet. Because the thing is, there are a lot of burgers who are very pleased with themselves. I bet he is like showrunner on something like Breaking Bad on Narcos. <laughs> or like maybe he's very male. It would be a boys like, a boys show like Narcos, wouldn't it? Like Ozark or, or something. Yeah, sort of like. Or maybe he's gone full like Jordan Peterson. <laughs> oh yeah, well maybe he did. Maybe he yeah. truly is a MGTOW. That's men. Is it men going their own way or something? Yeah. Um, 
Or, so maybe um, he runs like one of these like woods-based initiatives for young men, kind of where they go out into the forest and get naked and rediscover <laughs> what masculinity means. God, yeah, and it was it's all because of Carrie. That's what Carrie, according to him, that's what Carrie did to him. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, his opening. I was emasculated by a woman. Yeah. But then I realized the problem was that she had been allowed to work. If she had, if she didn't have a career, I would have been the main breadwinner, uh... and she would have known her place. But that's what I think. That is what Jordan Peterson thinks. Yeah. If 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 anybody listening to this, if there is this. Our media has allowed this absolute fucking misogynist. They have given him an air of authority and an air of respectability. He is absolutely saying that the fact that women are allowed autonomy has destabilized men. <laughs> you know, fuck him and fuck Jack Berger. <laughs> What a nice place to take a break. Yeah. I'm going to go and take a Valium <laughs> so that when then when we come back after the break, um, we'll talk about Samantha's neon earrings. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh my gosh, I'm adopting a puppy right now. But I realize what's at home. Oh no, I have nothing. Well, except unconditional love. But yeah, no crate, no pee-pee pads, no dental chews for his little puppy teeth. Before I doubt myself as a new parent, I just get Instacart to deliver everything from PetSmart. Easy, just like raising a puppy is going to be, right? <sighs> get Pet Essentials from PetSmart with Instacart. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Welcome back to So I Got to Thinking. Um, this week we are talking about A Hop, A Skip and A Week, episode six of season six. Um, attempting to answer, what was it? Can distance bring you closer? Do we need distance to get close? Do we need distance to get close? Um, no, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Although that said, I do think having a boundaried relationship 
well, we've kind of done this. Yeah, it's we like, have. Can you remember a, a few years back with um, Aiden? Carrie needed some space from Aiden. I think that's when what I was. Came home. I think that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, it's very similar to that. But then we're inevitably. And this has happened a couple of times now, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. we've covered enough subjects. The show has covered enough subjects. There's inevitably going to be some repetition. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, and I think you're you're right to explore it in a not literal sense, but in a more emotional sense as well. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so Chris and I uh, have a certain amount of distance in our relationship. We mm-hmm. go out, we have different interests, like uh, he goes to see loads of films and goes to the football, um, whereas I go to a more like having drinks with friends kind of person. Um, and we've got different friendship groups as well. So I think a certain amount of distance, and I think it really helps our relationship because I think if we were in each other's pockets for us, I know I know a lot of couples thrive on being together all the time and that's great. But for mm-hmm. us, we would end up really pissing each other off if we were together all the time. So if we look at distance that's in that re- sense. Yeah, but that's not like emotional distance. No. That, that is literally just like social distancing. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. um, in that it feels like, I, I don't need to be in like an emotionally different space from Max to like, for example, Max is away this weekend. Mm. I'm home by myself this weekend. You know, and that's nice that we can do separate stuff, but you know, and certainly it's nice to just have time to yourself in a flat and have some like secret single behaviors. Oh like yeah. When you do your, your weird callous pumicing and stuff like that. Oh yeah. But no, sure. I, I don't, I, by and large, no, I don't think, I, I don't think you need to put actual distance emotionally between somebody to know how you feel about them. I think that's, again, it's almost like going back to what Miranda said, which is if you need a bit, yeah. something's not working. If you need distance from someone, I'm going to suggest it's maybe not working. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, like, yeah. Mm, um, sorry. Before we move on to Samantha, just one more Carrie yeah. thing that I forgot to mention. Okay, go on. When she turns up at jury duty and she's like, oh, I feel terrible, but I'm afraid I can't um, serve jury duty today because I work for myself and um, I won't be able to get any work done. And the unimpressed clerk who like stamps mm-hmm. her in is all of us. Like, just... <laughs> Just sick of Carrie's bullshit, like. <laughs> Although, do you know what? Though, as someone, so I am a business now. Yeah. Like Juno Dawson is a business, and nobody else can be Juno Dawson. Like That's no true. one else can cover for me, which is why one of so I live in perpetual fear of being called for jury duty. I wonder if because, like, surely they should reimburse people if you're missing out on wages. Like, how does that work? Like, oh, you do. You get you get like a jury, you get like a basic payment, but everybody oh. gets the same. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't yeah. make up for like obviously you'll miss things that you should have that you had to be doing mm. at a certain time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, it's you, you can't refuse it. I think you can apply to be um excused from a jury. I think there are ways you can get out of it. But I don't think neither me nor Carrie are getting out of it on the basis of being sort of sort of lone lone mm. rangers in terms of our businesses um Does but it... yeah no that was amazing the unimpressed <laughs> caught lady who stamps her in is like yeah there's a great Joy jury duty there's, there's a great scene in 30 rock where tina fey's character is trying to get out of it and she like thinks that if she presents as really crazy they won't let her do it so she turns up like dressed as princess Leia, <laughs> and she's like um i don't think i can do jury 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 judy because i'm a jedi <laughs> like, no you're still doing it. 
Yeah, you you have to do that. Let's briefly before because we I've got a lot I want to say about Charlotte, but mm. let's briefly talk about Samantha's fashion this week. <laughs> like the outfit she wears to brunch where she's got those hot pink earrings yeah. and it looks like kind of like almost a swimsuit cover up and she's got like super curly hair and she does the whole thing about your face yeah, I that think was you should good. do less of this yeah <laughs> and more of this her amazing test of a relationship yeah that was really good um, I enjoyed that what's interesting as well is that Samantha actually has quite a lined face so actually she's yeah. not been abusing the Botox at the moment yeah um, <laughs> that outfit Patricia Field, I think at this point was really kind of like, let's just go for it. <laughs> and I think as well, so season six was the only season where they have literal seasons. Because you will notice later on in series six, for the first time, we will experience a New York winter, which we've never yeah. experienced on Sex and the City. They always said they designed it for eternal spring. Yeah. And so it feels a bit like maybe Samantha is dressing for like a New York summer, which is why her clothes are so sort of a lot of acid brights. But then later in the episode where she's wearing, oh, clashing prints. She's wearing a pink camo print the... with black and white houndstooth. <laughs> as soon as I saw, and that's why I said like, you can really tell at the moment that it's of an era and that no one really knew what they were doing in the noughties with fashion. Like this was the era <laughs> of like, Dresses over jeans on red carpets, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And as soon, as soon as I saw that pink trilby, I was like, on Samantha, I was like, oh yeah, we're, we're well into um, the cursed. The cursed. <laughs> Although it's all coming back, like all the, uh, all the kind of vulgar, people are wearing like deliberately vulgar noughties, noughties looks now, which I'm kind mm. of a fan of. Oh god! <laughs> but yeah, so to to well, Smith Smith is the absolute hunk. He has an enormous billboard in Times Square. It was really fun to see them on Times Square, which I don't think we've ever been to. Yeah, yeah. In Sex in the City before, and understandably because it's a naff tourist trap. People who live in New York have no reason to be at Times yeah. Square. It's a bit like Leicester, um, a bit like Leicester Square for London. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was nice to see them there. Smith gets upset. And it is actually a point. Do we think as a recovering alcoholic, he signs his life away to a vodka company? <laughs> I didn't even quite think... blithely, doesn't he? But... I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that adds an extra dimension to it. But there's mm -hmm. some like slightly slightly meta, I don't know if deliberately meta, but some slightly meta lines about how like he's selling out when mm -hmm. obviously like Sex and the City's selling out by making an episode about a brand yet again. Yeah. Um, and then a very meta line I thought for Sex and the City is when Samantha says, first come the gays, then come the girls, then comes the industry. And if there's a better and it does. if there's a better sex summing up of Sex and the City as a show, um, I would love to hear it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, and so right. So first of all, the in three little rule of three, in three moments, Smith he, first of all, is spotted by a group of gay men. Yeah. Um, second of all, he is then set upon by some Catholic schoolgirls. And then, phew, it all pays off because he is cast in Gus Van Sant's Needles CA. I mean, so, a bit of a bit of suspension of disbelief, I think, that it would happen it that quickly. It happens very quickly, doesn't it? He's done <laughs> one play, one play, and somehow gets cast in a movie. But then it does happen. I mean... I think normally it takes a lot longer, yeah. but um, given that this episode does take place over seven days, <laughs> so yeah, um, <laughs> I mean that is anyway, too, that, that is too quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's let's 
let's just lean into it. It's fine. We've only got one season left. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about our two big plots. God, we've got a lot to talk about. So first of all, let's do Miranda and employment first. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that this episode exists because sometimes Sex and the City so exists in the crazy sphere. Yes. Where you've you've and I think especially by this point in the series as well, we've forgotten that these are meant to be real women yeah. who live real lives in a real city. And for Miranda to be struggling to adjust to returning to work after having Brady feels really real in, in a you know, if every other plot line this week is ridiculous. So you've got Charlotte at the synagogue mixer, you've got Samantha trying to massage the ego of the absolute hunk, and then you've got Carrie living in Carrie world. It's actually quite nice to see to see um Miranda dealing with something that real women deal with all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and still do. I've heard some stories from friends of friends who have got kids, uh, who I mean, obviously now, it, and it, interestingly, it ties back to what we were discussing last week about um, men pretending like how, how what, do, what do men really think of women still? Um, mm-hmm. And obviously now it's not as socially acceptable to be open about it, but I've heard from these friends of friends that things have happened at work after they've had kids and they can't help but think like, is it is it because I've got a kid? Uh, mm-hmm. Just things like that. I'm sure like, I'm sure a lot of our listeners will will be able to identify with this yeah i mean i think by and large it's not something that really affects cis men i think like Mm. it affects women and it's certainly not a concern i think that's the thing even before someone chooses to have a child they've actually got to do that mental gymnastics of how much is this going to affect me in the workplace yeah it's i think it's a really deliberate choice that we have was fern the same woman who was also very excited about dress down Fridays or casual Fridays. <laughs> fucking fun. I think it might have been. I think it was. so. Yeah, I think fucking fun <laughs> is back again. And um, this time, I thought it was really, really interesting and very deliberate on the part of the writers to show that Miranda is actually being sort of targeted by other women. Yes. And that she yeah. even says, way to have my back, Fern. Um, yeah. And I thought that was really, really almost like a cautionary tale of a sort of the way that women interact within the workplace and sort of like Fern being the ultimate sort of handmaid of the patriarchy. And like when Miranda had to leave early, Fern is literally grassing on her. Like Fern, don't be, don't be that Fern. Don't be Fern listeners. Like <laughs> I think if, we, if I, I think we said that when she was doing Dressed Down Friday as well. We said um, don't be Fern. <laughs> don't be Fern. Because Babies don't stay babies forever, mm. you know. And and of course, when somebody has a very young child, the demands on that person, both mother and father, are really enormous, but it's very acute. And what's really lovely is that a lot of my friends who sort of had babies in their early 30s, their kids are kind of turning like, what, eight, nine, ten years old now. And that really sort of difficult period of their life has mostly resolved itself. But I think as a nation and as a society, we can't lose a generation of talented women every time they start to have babies. Mm. And it's not women that have to change. It's workplaces that have to change. And this is what 
people like Stella Creasy have been talking about for years and years and years is how can we change the way we work in this country to enable people to have families, which we need, we need families, because otherwise we're looking at a huge aging population crisis. So we need a young workforce, obviously. Um, how, how can we do this? How can we make it easy? You know, can we change working hours? Can, I mean, in the end, the punchline is that Miranda agrees to work a 50-hour week. Oh, my God, Which I is know. still more than anybody would legally be working in this country. Yeah. I think it's usually a 40-hour week, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I love the notion that a 50-hour week is the chill week it's for Miranda. It's cutting down. Yeah, Jesus. But um, that, that shows work, workplace rules in in America are unhinged. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not unrealistic to think that Miranda would have been working a 60 hour week kind of. Yeah, fucking um, hell. And yeah, and in, and she wants to spend time with Brady and she shouldn't have to choose. And again, it's it's a shame maybe that Sex and the City never uses the f- word feminism. Mm. But, you know, there are so many, there are so many issues, there are so many issues still affecting women. But this is a really major one. And this is how I know we still need feminism. Because the, this this sort of problem persists. Yeah. Really worrying stuff. And it's really, it's ultimately this problem. It's so deep rooted. It's why women aren't hired in the first place. And yeah. I I've said on this podcast before where I was once on a hiring panel for a deputy head teacher. And my female head teacher said, I don't want to employ a 29 year old woman who just got married because soon she'll be having a family. This, and I was like, wow. This, uh, And I was trying to think of the example and that's just reminded me because it was exactly this, that one of the mm-hmm. friend of a friend said this, um, exactly the same thing. Like she's just mm-hmm. got married and just started a new job. And I think it was something, I can't remember the exact details, but something like um, there was something that didn't happen at work, which she suspects mm-hmm. would have happened if people weren't right. making assumptions, you know. Yeah, again, none of it is said because I think legally it's not allowed to be said mm. anymore. Um, Ugh, what a mess. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, this is it now. So, I mean, whereas in the olden days, you would have just been told, Madam, I'm not going to hire you because I think you're a baby risk. Yes. Now, it's it's said behind closed doors. But when I heard that from a female head teacher, that was a oh. real kind of shocker. Like, wow. fuck. Because it, it could have worked. You know, we could have. Yeah. Yeah, it's madness madness but i was pleased obviously what i would say to our listeners is i think miranda handles it like an absolute boss oh yeah where she goes in and recognizes it is not working it's not working for you because i'm frazzled it's not working for my baby who doesn't recognize my face what can we do what is the compromise yeah like and as well know your value miranda knows she is a phenomenal lawyer yeah. she is delivering on the mckenzie brief <laughs> i don't know what that is I don't know. But Miranda knows she is a great lawyer. And so I think those kind of negotiations should always start from a point of recognizing your value and saying, there is only one Juno Dawson. Nobody else is going to do it the way I do it. So Uh you have got to make it work for me. And I've I've had to do that at times in my career, which is like, I can't do it now. I'm too busy. But you will have to wait for me because there is only one Juno Dawson. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Miranda says... And after my mother's funeral, I was in the day after. Um, she reminds them of that. I just Googled the Mackenzie. But she didn't like her mum. That's the difference. Well, yeah. <laughs> she does like Brady. <laughs> just Googled the Mackenzie brief and um, nothing came up. <laughs> just a man called Mackenzie wearing briefs. There's a Mackenzie, um, there's a Mackenzie clinic near me in Finsbury oh. Park, apparently. <laughs> That's good to know. Um, can we talk about Charlotte? Because I really love it. I cried. 
I cried like proper. <laughs> I had to go get some kitchen roll. I did, do you think it's the music? And do you know what? That it was like Pavlov's fucking dogs. As soon as she turns around and the the so let's set the scene. Charlotte has organized a synagogue mixer. Yeah. She she has made her little lovely nibbles. And she's on a date with the third blind date, who is at least good looking, yeah. but kind of obnoxious. Yeah. And and also he's straight. David. Um, she, she, she's been on three quite poor dates and the third is at least heterosexual and attractive. <laughs> but she's just not feeling it. And then someone says, all that's left are the fatties and the baldies, which is horrible and not very kind. Yeah. And then... The voiceover, Carrie's voiceover says, Charlotte could only hope that one of the baldies was her baldy. And the crowd parts. And there is an immaculately tailored Carrie Goldenblatt. Um, And then they have a lovely reconciliation, but just the little music starts. And as soon as that music started, (laughs) the waterworks began because I knew what was coming. And again, it's this scene is the one that I think of when we were struggling through some of Unjust Like That, because mm. Kristen Davis's performance felt very strange. Yeah. It was scenes like this that I came back to to remind myself that she's a fucking phenomenal actor. Oh, yeah, I really noticed she's really great in this. Really emotive. And mm-hmm. that's why it made us cry. Like, I don't cry easily at stuff Ooh. in general. I think I've got too much of a... um. Like, I have too much trouble suspending disbelief to cry. Mm-hmm. So you have to suspend disbelief a little bit to be really fully emotionally invested. Um, but when she said, I don't care if you don't marry me, I just want to be with you. That's what got me. I was like, ah. yeah. <laughs> Because we've been on this journey with Charlotte as well. We know how much marriage means to her. And yeah. so to hear her say, I don't care if you ever marry Yes, that's me. what it is. Of, that's why. If you would sometimes call me or if we would go on a date. Yeah. Oh. She just lo- she just loves him, Dylan. She, she loves does. she just loves him. She just loves him. Um, she, just lo- she just loves him, Dylan. But also, like, just what what adds to it as well is from the start when she was uh, um she met those three ladies, didn't she? She was at some mm-hmm. sort of mix, some sort of community event. Yeah, um, like women in the synagogue mixer thing. Yeah, it? and I just thought that's so admirable that she mm-hmm. has she still goes to and she still goes to temple one of them mentions like mm-hmm. oh I saw you were at temple by yourself like she's committed to this to this religion that she's converted to um yes yeah and it just made me love her like um yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> she is not as she said last week she's not a fair weather Jew. no yes um and i think it's it's true that she she converted you know she she believes in her religion and we know that she previously so we know that she she was a believer she believed in god she was an episcopalian yeah so charlotte has always had faith so it kind of makes sense that she has immersed herself in a new religion and she now is living living her best jewish life in the synagogue um but then obviously was Harry just carrying around an engagement ring? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Did he have the ring? Does he put the ring on her finger? Does he actually have it in his pocket? I'm not or does sure. he just get down on one knee to propose? I think maybe actually he just gets to... I'm not sure if we just see proposes. Ring. Yeah. She we... has a ring next week because of course <laughs> paper covers rock, as Carrie points oh. out. But um but right now we know Harry did buy a ring because when he walked out he said to think I bought a ring. Oh but yeah, yeah. Finally, what what's really lovely? So when Charlotte's like, "If you could just think about maybe calling me sometime," and then he's like, "That's just not good enough." 
Mm. And you think he's going to say it's just not good enough from her. But then he gets down on one knee. And it's the proposal because, of course, Trey never proposed really in that Charlotte proposed to him and he said, all righty. Um, <laughs> so this this was um, this was the proper the proper proposal yeah. Charlotte had always wanted. But she had to let go of it. She had to let the dream die yes. before it could happen, I think. Yes. And I wonder if there is a lesson there for all of us, which is you have to let it go. You've got to stop second-guessing what love is going to look like in order to be loved. Mm. And, and I think that's very true of where I see myself now, which is, you know, my brain was rotted by a lot of Hollywood romances, a lot of Hollywood kisses, you know, and I thought that's what my life was going to be like. I thought my life was going to be like a Hollywood movie and that I would have some like enemies to lovers plot line yeah. or, you know, like somebody from school would come back and we would fall in love. No. Yeah. Julia, Julia you know, Roberts, Julia Roberts has got a lot to answer for. <laughs> well, Sex and the City has a lot to answer yeah. for. You know, I really thought I would just walk into a fucking furniture shop one day <laughs> and like a man would come and sell me a hot chair and we would fall in That'd love. That'd no, no, you had to, you know, it wasn't what I thought it was going to look like. But but funnily enough, strangely, through absolutely giving up on finding love, I did kind of get the big fairy tale wedding. Mm. You were at it. Mm. So you saw it. Yes. Um, so this is slight, somewhat the end of Charlotte's plot line. Obviously, we've got a lot. We know there's a lot more to come, including and just like that. But um here we go yeah she she and harry it's back on and if you were able to get through that scene without crying um i'm sorry about you being dead inside (laughs) (laughs) um david i quite liked when he was just like okay do you want to just go back to my apartment and have sex and she was like no and he was like okay see you later (laughs) i felt like it was like unthreatening it really was. I'm yeah. going to say, and all I can think is maybe there is something a little bit gay about David after all, because that <laughs> that was very sort of my experience of the gay scene back in the day. Oh, is, yeah. We just have sex. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Okay. That's sure. probably why I liked it. Yeah, because it reminded <laughs> me of like a few interactions that I've had. Um, what else was I was going to say one more thing about, um, oh, just Carrie being Carrie. Carrie got a Carrie mm-hmm. when Samantha gives out the postcards of mm-hmm. Smith. Um, this huge achievement that Samantha has has managed to bring to fruition, like getting this guy onto a billboard, like against all odds. And Carrie says nothing. And she just says, oh, I just wonder what he's thinking. And it turns <laughs> out she's thinking about Burger. And it's like, what, are you really not gonna like acknowledge this at all? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, again, maybe this is they were sowing the seeds. Carrie is so underwhelmed by Samantha's career that it ends up destroying their friendship. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe Carrie should have recognised how good Samantha is at publicity. Yeah, maybe. Mm. <laughs> she got a waiter four episodes ago. He was a waiter yeah. in a vegan restaurant, and now he's on a billboard in Times Square. Yeah, and in a Gus Van Sant movie. Mm-hmm. I'm end. not on a billboard in Times Square, are you? <laughs> well, there we go. Um, that brings us to the end of another episode of um, So I Got You Thinking. But don't worry, we'll be back next week where where we will really get into the post it. An iconic um, in, an iconic episode. An iconic, a ridiculous, brilliant episode. Yeah. Um, so much to talk about next week. Um, until then, um, I hope you're okay. I'm sorry, I can't. Don't hate me. Um <laughs> 
And don't forget to like and subscribe. And yeah, um, happy viewing. Bye. Bye for now. Bye. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.